you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast, Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We've got uh, our Super Bowl uh, uh, t- teams. We we know the uh, the the matchup, so that that was exciting. Getting to watch some conference championship football is always uh, you know some of the best football of the year. Uh, so I, I'm excited to to see how this matchup goes. I'm excited to see how uh, the Senior Bowl, which is coming quick, is is going to go. It, it's it's kind of an exciting time to be getting. Uh, a little bit of off-season and, and still uh, in-season <laughs> uh, football news. It's it's a, it's, a, it's an odd part. It's an odd week, right? The week before the Super Bowl. Well, let's um let's talk about the conference championship games yesterday, Landon, because I thought they were really interesting. And actually, I gotta admit, I, I was thinking about you and I talking about a conversation that we had about at this time last year, where it was. <laughs> I remember this specifically because we were talking about the Cowboys needing to add speed to their offense. And we were talking about, hey, if Henry Ruggs is available at 17, <laughs> would you take him and add speed to this offense? And the for the most part, the, the response was, no, you can't draft a receiver at 17, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, the Cowboys did. It just wasn't Henry Ruggs. He wasn't available. Yeah, so I think uh, I heard, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, my takeaway, the biggest difference between the Bills and the Chiefs, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is really good too, but I really feel like it was Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman's speed that changed the game because – Mahomes had Landon just one completion above twenty air yards uh, yesterday. Almost all of his stuff was underneath, and they let Tyree Kill and McCall Hardman do the rest of the work. Um, do the Cowboys need to get a player like that? Yeah, you know, I certainly think it wouldn't hurt. You know, I, I mean, look, I, I think a lot of what makes the Kansas City offense work. Is I mean obviously you've got one of the best the best quarterback in football, uh, maybe maybe the best receiving tight end in football, uh, and then you've got a collection of players outside of that who can create all this space on the field, right? Like when you have guys like Hill and Hardman, it's like you you stretch the the field vertically and horizontally in a way that few teams can and 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 what it ends up doing mm-hmm. is it it creates space in the zones it it requires defenders to cover more ground when they're in their drops uh and then you know specific man to man coverage that you know it takes incredible athletes elite athletes to stick with guys like Tyreek Hill and and Hardman and 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 be able to kind of keep up with them and it, so I think the argument is and has always been, in my opinion, that the guys like that, they don't necessarily always show up in the stat column with, with their true value. The true value of guys like that is what it allows the rest of your offense to do schematically when they have to 
uh, respect mm-hmm. uh, the speed that, that that those kind of players provide. And so I, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I think we need that. I mean, I, I just, I guess I should have summed that up. I, I do think that that there's value there. There's value in, in, in just uh, in the way that it opens things up for the rest of the players on your offense. What's so difficult about this, though, Landon, is there's just such a fine line between just grabbing a, a speed receiver in the draft or free agency and then having a guy that can do the things that Tyreek Hill can do. Because, listen, we've experienced this before with Tavon Austin types of receivers who are really fast and quick and athletic. But if they're not true receivers, then defenses can kind of game plan around them. And the thing is, there's just not many guys like that out there. I mean, how many how many legit speed receivers like that are there in the entire NFL today that aren't just gadget guys? You know, there's probably a dozen, maybe. You know, I mean, I, I would mean, think the, even less than that. I would honestly. I mean, I think I think it's varying degrees of success, but I would say that the, of those type of players who are kind of you know specifically undersized, overspeed. Uh, you know, ta- talents. I think there's probably you know that like ten to twelve, but I think the, yeah, the difference is what you're talking about. There's probably only four or five guys who uh, could handle being could handle number one receiver type targets. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I would even say it's lower. Than, it might even be lower yeah, than that. I mean, it, it might be honestly. I, 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 I think look- that's that's where you have to really to get those guys. That's where you're mm-hmm. really gonna have to bite the bullet and yep. spend some some resources yeah I, I guess just kind of looking like at the the league leaders in receiving yards obviously Tyreek Hill and then there's guys that are fast but I wouldn't necessarily call them burners like Tyler Lockett is fast but he doesn't offer the same as what you know McCole Hardman and stuff he can do Terry McLaurin maybe Brandon Cooks kind of that way I mean Cooks is a good receiver but I mean, outside of that, there's just not many of those guys anymore that run in the low four threes and have wide receiver skill sets. So they're incredibly hard to find. And when you do find them, they go high in the draft and they're typically overdrafted and and teams put them in bad situations like, you know, John Ross in Cincinnati and, you know, teams just overvalue that skill set. But I do think, Landon, the Cowboys need to find a way to get more faster on offense. I'm just not sure how they do it. I mean, is is there a spot they can upgrade to get speed? Look, it's tough because, like I said, you know, these are complementary pieces that you don't, you know, even the best ones, usually you don't want to make them the complete focus of your offense, right? So the problem is is that in order to get this kind of rare athlete because of, you know, uh, economic reasons, supply and demand and and world, (laughs) the number of players that exist with this kind of athleticism in the world. Sure, sure. It's a high, it's a high value player. You gotta have to like draft them pretty high. But the other part of that issue is that the only people that have access to the resources to draft somebody high is a team that is not in a good position to draft that type of player mm-hmm. and put them in a good uh, position to, to succeed. Because you, you don't want to, you don't want to be a team that has no wide receiver talent or no receiving talent. Period. And then draft Tyree Kill. I, I don't think Tyree Kill would have had the same level of success if he had gone to a team that was trying to feed him the ball uh, with wide receiver targets without anything else on the team. So uh, it's tough because I think the Cowboys are in a spot to take that type of player. But the issue is, you know, either they're going to have to spend a, a high quality pick to get that guy because, you know, they don't need to worry about yeah. feeding him yep. targets. But the problem there is that you've spent a high draft pick on a player that's not 
you know, getting a bunch of, of production necessarily, or you have to draft the guy a little bit later and, and, and bank on some upside. And, you know, the issue there is that there's not a ton of, of floor for that guy mm-hmm. if he can't do the job that you're setting him out for. Maybe he can be a punt returner. Maybe he can do some special team stuff. But if you can't get uh, some immediate production out of that player, it becomes difficult to continually justifying him being on your roster year after year right. if, if you're not getting any production out of him and, and he isn't developing. Here's what I will say, Landon, and this is a little bit of a tease. I've got two guys I want to talk about at the end of this podcast that I think could potentially fill that role who are probably guys that you start thinking about in the third and fourth round who are also going to be at the Senior Bowl this week. So a couple interesting wide receiver names to keep an eye on. We'll get to that later in the show. Did, did, did one of them go to Louisville? No, actually, it definitely, that's a oh. that's Daniel Jeremiah's guy, though. Tutu Atwell. I'll just mention yeah. him really quickly. So he's somebody who... Uh, I've been throwing in my mock drafts in like the fourth, fifth round. Any anytime he's there, and when I do like the uh, the draft network mock, and then Daniel Jeremiah on Friday put him at the bottom of the first round of his mock, which is just absolutely insane. So heartbreaking, uh, heartbreaking. But whew, I get it. Uh, yeah. A couple other guys I do like better, so we'll get to them in a little bit. But I wanted to tell you guys about Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals, and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is really affordable, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. And right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's echelonfit.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, it is a mock draft Monday here at the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And this one is coming from Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. Uh, He has the Cowboys selecting... Offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater. And what's funny, Landon, is this is not the first time we've seen Rashawn Slater mock to the Cowboys. Uh, We saw Dane Brugler mock him uh, a couple weeks ago to Dallas, and now we have Jordan Reed. Now, it's interesting in this mock, Caleb Farley goes number nine to Denver. Patrick Sertain goes number uh, six to the Eagles. So this is almost the worst-case scenario for the Cowboys (laughs) where two corners off the board, uh, and, uh, you know, you're having to reach for a different position. But, Lana, what I found interesting today was Pro Football Focus released their draft guide, and it's absolutely fantastic if you guys want to go check it out. Um, the comp that they give for Sean Slater is actually Marshall Yonda, and hmm. I think that's really, really interesting because Yonda is somebody who had tackle experience coming out of college, yeah. played guard in the NFL, and was absolutely dominant. Yeah. I got to admit it would be really really intriguing to have uh a Marshall Yonda type of player you know opposite of Zach Martin you know at that guard spot so if the Cowboys do go with Slater in the first round what would your what would your thoughts be on that pick 
man, Yonda is that's it's quite a comp. That's, that's quite a comp. I, I like it though because I mean, you talk about mentality. You talk about a guy who um, has short arms for a tackle, but literally that's the only thing that would stop you from putting well, this guy in tackle. Well, and that's that's a good quite a thing. Like if if he had average arms, is he going ahead of Suwell? Maybe. Yeah, I mean his tape is so good that it's it's uh it's it, possibility. I don't know. I, I it really I, feels I, like I, Zach Martin all over again though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I tend to think that, you know, no, probably not. I don't know. Sewell is such an his his he upside is, is yeah. as high as I mean. I, I look. I, I see why people put you know some of these other guys. Like if you were to put all these guys in the previous year's tackle class, I could understand why these two guys maybe kind of behind several of those offensive tackles, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're just going to put them all in a group of six or five or whatever of the top uh, tackles that were taken the last two years, I could see how Sewell could be like three or four maybe. Sure. But I I can't imagine anyone having better upside than Sewell out of any of those guys. Sure. Just because he's so young and his athletic ability is unbelievable and you know he just has everything you need. So if he can put it together, he's the highest upside guy. I think Slater, to me, has the highest floor because no matter what, you're getting an incredible offensive lineman. I think if you don't have a, a if you don't get an all pro offensive tackle, you'll get an all pro offensive guard probably. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, I mean I think it's a and and the thing about Yonda that made him so amazing is uh and I think the Zach Martin is an interesting name there because he didn't do it quite as much as Yonda did, but Yonda was a guy that the the the, the Ravens could basically put wherever they wanted and and get all pro level offensive line play from. So and that was that's incredibly valuable when you're trying to rebuild your offensive line several times over the guy's career, right? You can put him wherever you need, uh, and, and the other pieces that you find, you know, just whoever the best player is, you slide them in next to Yonda, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I yeah, I think that I'm certainly not being upset if if Slater's the pick, you know, because I think he's an incredibly talented player, and I think. The, wor- the the thing you're trying to avoid in the top ten is just taking bad players. Yeah. And taking you know, yeah. so, and I think if you take Slater, you're fine, right? You may not love the value there because of wherever you end up playing him, but I guarantee you, you're getting a really good football player at whatever position he's playing. Yeah, Slater to me feels like the guy. If again, if Sertan and Farley are gone, like they were in this mock, you, you just slide him in there at ten. Again, is it filling a need right away? No, it's not. But you're just taking a really, really good player uh, that was absolutely dominant in college. And again, you can find ways to play him. It's it's worth noting, you know, Connor Williams is in the final year of his contract. Connor McGovern, you're going into year three already with him, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, and I, yeah, I know. And, you know, we'll see what the long-term potential is there. Also, Tyron Smith and Jack Martin aren't necessarily super young players anymore. So you're just taking a guy that you you believe is going to be a 10-year starter at multiple position, different positions. I'm good with that. We know the value of offensive line play. I, I'm 100% fine with that. Um, really quickly from this other, other mock, um, Christian Dershaw, another offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. I think he's probably more the prototypical uh, tackle in today's NFL, either at the left or right side. Would you rather take a player like that at ten over over Slater because he does have the you know the bigger body and the longer f- frame, or are you just going to take the better player here and figure it out? Oh, I'm taking the better player. Okay. I, I I like Darius off fine, but uh, he's not Slater. 
I, there's there's some daylight between those prospects as far as I'm concerned. I I would agree, and I think I think there's less daylight between Slater and, and Sewell than there is between Slater and uh, Derisaw. I, I I will say I really like Derisaw's tape when I uh, when I watched him enough to where <laughs> I sent out a tweet like, "Are we sure that Slater's that much better than Derisaw?" And immediately landed. I'm talking about within five minutes. I had two different people reach out to me and be like, "Hey, there might be some." some off the field stuff that we need to talk about with their So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that yet. So, uh, mm-hmm. something, something just to, to keep an eye on. Um, let's take another quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk more about the senior bowl. But I wanted to tell you guys today about BetOnline.ag. Listen, we've got the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. That means we're going to have tons of prop bets. We're going to have uh, some crazy, you know, national anthem bets. We're going to have Gatorade bets. So all those are one of my most favorite things to bet on every single year. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust with our bets, and that is betonline.ag. You have uh, some really good college basketball games coming up. We have the NBA going on. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I also wanted to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know about Built Bar. We talk about them all the time. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Lynn, and the Senior Bowl is here. We have measurements on Tuesday morning. We've got practice in the afternoon. What are the things that you're most excited to see this week? Well, I, you know, and, and honestly, this is – it's funny. I mean, but you know, this is 2020, 2021, right? Uh, it, the weigh-ins, really. I, hmm. I mean, to be honest, just because – and I guess this is kind of, you know, commonly a – um, uh, you know, a feature that that is is very much looked forward to with the Senior Bowl, but I, I obviously with with the cancellation of the Combine, suddenly these weigh-ins become incredibly important. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and, and it's, uh, specifically for us. I mean, I guess certainly for the for the team, certainly for the, uh, uh, you know the, the the scouts, but I I think even more for us because I think that they're likely to you know be able to get a lot of these measurements and other in some of these regional combines. I mean, this may be the best spot, but this is certainly the only spot that 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 you know uh, draft nicks or people online mm-hmm. that are not professional scouts are probably going to get these numbers. So. Uh, it's going to be really uh, interesting to see this stuff come out. We're going to, and just because normally, you know, when we see these, we always are like, okay, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we compare these numbers to the combine or see how close they are. Uh, We're not getting that extra level of comparison. So it's really just about what we see uh, uh, from what they get weighed in as. And and it's, it's, (laughs) it's funny because it's really going to, because there's so little information in general, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's going to wildly swing these uh these these draft stocks f- as they're uh you know announcing these. So I I think uh, the weigh-ins are obviously uh the 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 big first event just because they're in, and uh, because like I said the added uh, importance there. Yeah. Uh, but then you know I think once 
we're going to see practices. We're going to hear about the practices. I'm sure there'll be practice tape available. I'm sure everyone's going to get a chance to look at that. That stuff's going to be incredible, like so much more important than it has been previously, right? Because yeah, it's, it's really the only thing we've got, you know? I mean, it's it's really all that we've got to, to compare to. I mean, the, the game is one thing, but again, we know how useful the game can be, but... I think that just the 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 weigh-ins and the and the practice information, whether it's tape or just rumors or talk or whatever, that stuff suddenly this year is, I mean, it's the combine. It's mm-hmm. the most. It's probably this has now become the most important event of the of the draft season, uh, and it's it's odd because it's you know obviously greatly pushed up to the very very front part of the of the draft season, but but here we are, and this is the information that. You know, obviously, I think everyone who's listening to this podcast was probably was probably going to be interested in to be oh, sure, sure, sure. But I think this year it takes on a whole new meaning and a whole new value that it's never had before. Absolutely, this is going to be the biggest draft event until we get to the actual draft, and not even close because pro days are going to be sporadic. We we don't really get to see very much of the pro days outside of a couple uh, that they show on NFL Network. Uh, so this is going to be fascinating. And Lane and I teased this at the beginning. Uh, just a couple guys that I'm really interested in. Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Uh, this is somebody who averaged 23.3 yards per reception in his career in the MAC. Super explosive, runs in the four threes. And he has that combination of the, the elite long speed and like the quick twitchiness. You know, you don't see that combination very often. Yeah. He has it. Uh, Marky Stevenson, a wide receiver from Houston, a little bit bigger, six foot one ninety. One of these route runner types of guys that again has speed, uh, but creates a bunch of separation. So I'm keeping an eye on those two receivers. And then one more guy that I wanted to mention, and you can feel free to comment on him. But this is a a guy that I watched the other day. I'm gonna say I discovered him first before anybody else. Richie Grant. Uh, <laughs> oh come on! No, no, that's true. you actually turned me on to him. Richie Grant is a really fun player. Not super big at safety, uh, six foot one seventy five. Maybe he's light, but he's got instincts. Well, what can you tell the listeners about Richie Grant? Yeah, I mean, I it's one of those things where uh, you always like to have your uh, get some confirmation, and uh, he's a guy who definitely popped on to film to me, and then like right after you and I talked about him, I think Dane spoke about him on mm-hmm. on the draft show like the next day, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Richie Grant. I, I think you know, look. Do I have concerns that he may injure himself at some point, <laughs> potentially? But at the same time, I need that kind of player playing safety. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I think that, that we spend a lot of time trying to avoid this kind of crash safety. You know, the guys. I mean, he's a first of all, the things I like about Richie Grant are the things that you like about a free safety. He's a playmaker. He can get his hands on ball. He's a former wide receiver. So he has ball skills. He understands how to play the ball. He makes big plays in big moments. Yes, he does. Uh, there's yep. just, I mean, just watch his tape and just notice when when the big plays are happening. It's usually on third down or fourth down or uh, when the game is on the line. That's when this guy shows up. Uh, I don't know that that's something that uh, can be taught a lot. Um, guys that just step up in those moments. He's one of those guys that just is around the ball a lot. Again, I think that that's something that is just instinctual. Um, and I, I, you know, we, like I just mentioned, I love the way he plays physically. You know, he's undersized to a certain degree. That I, I think that there's something there. But I think he's not afraid. He comes down and makes physical hits. He takes good angles, uh, and he comes down and hits hard 
when he's you know when he's when it's time for him to fill and that's what I need out of a guy who's playing single safety high I don't want you to be timid or unsure I want mm-hmm. you to be certain of your angle come down and take a big hit and if you miss that's fine we, we got to clean that up but I can I feel like I can clean that up a little bit a guy who can come down hard and actually make the tackle without you know breaking down awkwardly or 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 you know having to that's a lot of the issue is these guys they get downhill uh and they can't slow themselves down they can't bring themselves to the tackle uh grant doesn't really miss a lot of these i mean at least his angles are right you know so i can teach him the rest if he's having problems bringing the guy to the ground uh but everything that is hard to teach a safety in, in my opinion Richie Grant seems to have a very instinctual ability to do and this is going to be a big week for him because if he can show that he can handle some guys that are bigger bigger than him in you know against tight ends and if he can handle the quickness of the running backs I think you're looking at somebody who could be a top 100 pick and if you yeah. don't like the safeties in the second round and I'm kind of eh on the safeties there Maybe third round is where you take somebody like Richie Grant and you slide him in at that free safety spot and you roll with him as a starter. So keep an eye on him uh, over the week. He's he he's a guy who I think slipped through the cracks a little bit because he doesn't you know have elite uh, uh, athleticism. No, he's not he a great have, athlete. No, you know super elite uh, uh, production though. I think he has good production. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and you know he went to US, UCF is is in a lot. It was in a lot of uh, games because they were you know they have a talented program that's kind of trans. They haven't had as much talent lately, but I think that you know, you know, he was part of that really talented UCF team that was playing for a championship a few years ago, and he was a big part of that. Uh, and I think that you know, in a in a class where everyone's looking, and it's kind of like the defensive tackles, right? In a class where everyone's looking for this top end elite mm-hmm. guy, there are some kind of you know second and third round guys who maybe don't have the elite traits that you're used to taking in the first round that are perfectly good talents at the position uh, that if, if they can put it together, can be long-term solutions and starters at, at, at those positions. The last thing I'll say about what I'm really excited this week is the offensive line play. Now, we just got done talking about the Cowboys drafting an offensive line at 10, and I have a feeling if they don't draft one in the first two rounds, they'll probably avoid it altogether. But it, it's just, this is a great week for offensive linemen. Alex Leatherwood from Alabama is fun. Uh, Liam Etchenberg from Notre Dame is a tackle that I really like. Creed Humphrey, a center from Oklahoma. Uh, Drake Jackson, a smaller school. I mean, not, not excuse me, smaller school. He's from Kentucky, uh, but didn't get a lot of national uh, you know, publicity over the season. So if you love offensive line play, this is going to be the week for you. A lot of guys that are going to be drafted in the top two rounds. So keep an eye on them. We'll be back the rest of the week to talk about the Senior Bowl, talk about the weigh-ins, uh, what we see at practices. Again, practices are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We will make sure you are, we are keeping you up to date with winners and losers and, of course, any others Cowboys news that we have uh, trickling out. That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I am at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.